Now, if you're listening on the regular podcast, you're getting the filter in because we don't have CJ and I don't take the time to edit it out. So if you're listening to the podcast next two minutes are what happens only on YouTube. Should we do Eagles talk? Eagles talk at the beginning? Could we do Eagles talk at the beginning? Let's do it. So here, here's what I'm thinking. It's two things. Did you watch the press conference, I assume? I just, I couldn't bring myself to actually um, watch it, but I saw like, some quotes. It's like one of the worst press conferences I've ever seen. And, you know, I can't think of another time in a, when a professional coach is sitting doing a, a press conference and a reporter asks him, what exactly do you do <laughs> as head coach? And the guy has no answer. And it is just wild to me that they can sit there and say, here is this gentleman who we do not trust to run the offense. We don't trust him to run the defense. We don't mm. trust him to pick the players. We mm. also don't trust him to pick the assistant coaches. Mm. Or over there, there's you could have Jim Harbaugh or something. And we're like, eh, we'll just keep the guys not like good at anything and can't even talk. What are we well, doing? stuff's already here. <laughs> Just yeah, like they're, they're, I, there was no fire them when they're four and seven next year. Like, yeah, probably. You know, I mean, was... there's a chance that they bounce back, but it's just like he hasn't earned the right to after being not good at anything, turning into such a scare, like coaching so scared all the time, and him admitting like we got a little bit predictable <laughs> the last couple. It's like I've never seen worse play calling and more repeat, like repeated, repeatedly bad play calling in my life. The amount. Of standstill wide receiver bubble screens that went nowhere, that they continued to run. I will never get over it. I'll never get over it. And the amount of like Jalen draws when his knee was like obviously not right. There's so many of those. It was. I want to be clear. I'm also not letting him off the hook. That Jaylen? fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't play well, but um, you keep him. Well, you don't have it's a choice. E- right? right. You yeah. fire the coach. The yeah. easiest thing to do is fire the coach. And sometimes what the, what is easiest is also correct. Yes. Just do it. Just do it. Hire no, a good too, one. There's there are plenty like free agent good. Okay. All right. It's over. So Podcast. All right. Yeah. There's Eagles talk. Listen, coming up on WIP <laughs> in several weeks. Me, I Reese, Jack Fritz. Okay. Two to I six. Can, I'll try to do a, a pretty offensive Philadelphia accent during the Eagles talk segment if that awesome. would make you feel yeah uh, a little more at home absolutely absolutely okay. i'm saying it'll get me it. ready it'll get me ready It'd be like swinging a bat with a donut on it or something mm-hmm. the right Ricky sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings sportsbook sign up for DraftKings sportsbook by using promo code rtrs and brought to you by big barker therapeutic dog beds get yours at bigbarkercom slash ricky briggs auction the official auction of the process at BriggsAuction.com and Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, the six or six game winning streak ends in a very, very ugly loss against the Indiana Pacers. Maybe if we have time, we'll talk about Joel's 70 point night. But the big story, of course, which we must budget some time for, Doc Rivers returns as head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, which he just started thinking about two days ago, <laughs> setting up potentially a playoff matchup that could end this podcast or make the podcast go on forever. Mm-hmm. And as well, we do have a help defense song to play 
for Mike. Wow. Yes. Kinetic skateboarding. I made a kinetic order this morning. I was watching them on Twitter. The, the uh, Kinetic skateboarding on Instagram, kinetic skate on Twitter. And they put up these brand new Converse All-Stars, black ones, with like, it was some collaboration. They always have these sick collaborations, like Vans, whatever collabo. And this was the Converse, whatever collabo. I don't even know what it was because I'm not a skateboarder, but the sneakers were fucking sick and I ordered them. And that is the coolest thing about Kinetic. There are sneakers that you will find there that you will not find anywhere else. And the best thing to do is watch them on social. Go to the website, kineticskateboarding.com. Sign up for the newsletter to stay informed. And use code Dave Silver for 9.1% off your first order. And before we get going, a happy 29th birthday to true Ricky guy, Kevin. His wife, uh, Ronnie, emailed us. She was like, my husband, can't, uh, Kevin, it's his birthday. He's 29. Could you give him a shout out? We love fucking shout outs. Happy birthday, Kevin. Your wife loves you. Your family loves you. Your friends love you. Most of them do. Happy birthday. No better way to celebrate your birthday than a 20-point loss to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, oh, wait. I forgot CJ's not here, so I got to get the uh, the song ready. Hang on. Hang on. Where is it? There we go. Uh, without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who always says this. You know, the, the number one ability, ability is availability, right? That is Mike Levin. That's right. Look, oh. you know what? That was a bad Pacers game. Yes. To lose to them without Halliburton. Um, obviously, so many guys are injured. Covington seems like he's going to be out for a while, like a month. Uh, yep. Melton's been out forever. Tobias was out. Morris was out. A uh, bunch of guys that wouldn't normally be in the rotation played. I have I have notes. I have things to say. But honestly, I don't think we should do it. I think we should just go right to you are Doc the best. and 70 points. I think that's what we should do. Can I just say, before we go to Doc and 70 points, and we are going to skip this game, you are the only thing. I, I don't get to trash Ubre, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We've been together long enough where, like, the rhythms, like, we're having our period together at the same time we've been doing the podcast long enough and and you know we both know the right thing to do is to talk about 70 points and talk about doc rivers what yeah. would you like to do <laughs> this is the best what would you like to do first doc rivers or 70 points <laughs> honestly doc let's okay. go to doc let's go to doc you know the, the number one ability ability is availability right <laughs> We got, boy, a lot of voicemails about Doc Rivers. Now, if you haven't heard, Doc Rivers, I don't believe it's been officially announced yet, 
But Doc Rivers is finalizing an agreement to become the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, sources tell ESPN. Doc Rivers, as was reported in The Athletic, had started being an advisor to mm. Adrian Griffin and the Bucks mm. about a month ago, which mm. is a little weird because what what had happened was when you looked at the reporting from Woj and Shams, they were saying, and specifically from Woj, the Bucks getting the coach they targeted over the past 24 hours. So Doc doing a very good PR job at making everyone think that he didn't even think about this job. They didn't even mention it. They fired a, a championship caliber team with, uh, with Giannis, you know, a top three player, and then another top 15 player who's supposed to win the championship this year. They fired their coach without even knowing who the next coach would be 40 games into the season. And along comes Doc Rivers, who is not a snake at all, comes marching into Milwaukee. And here is, I think, the most poetic thing. I feel great about this for the Bucks, is the Bucks fired Mike Budenholzer, a coach who had won a championship, because he would not make the necessary adjustments in the playoffs. They have hired Doc Rivers, mm. who has also won one championship, and his calling card in the playoffs, you guessed it, Mike, does not make proper adjustments. So here we are. What are your thoughts? We haven't talked about this at all. We haven't. Um, look, let's start with the Bucks firing their coach despite having the second best record in the league. Like It was clear that something was wrong there. Yeah. The players seemed to tune him out very quickly into the season they went in and begged him to go back to the essentially Budenholzer style defense yeah uh I think four games in and the um, record was good but there were a lot of like close calls against bad teams and- yeah they were letting up a ton of points to the Pistons and some of that is because you let you trade Drew and you bring in Dame that's a steep drop off as far as as far as defense goes um but something was just always wrong they were tuning him out. Didn't happen. He's He didn't seem like a good coach. It was a weird thing to do to hire someone for their first coaching gig <laughs> out of the organization yeah. for a team that close to a, to a championship that had won one very recently. Um, also, Adrian Griffin has been accused of like some pretty horrific domestic violence from his ex-wife. So he didn't like already not a great hire for for that reason. In addition to the fact that he seemed to be a very bad coach that seemed to lose the team very quickly. I, I would like to throw out there that he, he sued her back. Like, like he was not a, convicted of anything. Yeah. So let's, I just want to be yeah. clear here. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so repl- firing him when things are bad, is even though, even if the record is good, I think is ultimately the right decision. I think I respect the idea of going from, hey, the record might be good, but we know this isn't the right guy. Right. And the if you can't go back in time and not hire this person, then the, the least you can do is fire him as soon as possible and replace him with somebody that you you do believe in. So that on that level, I commend. I commend a uh, ownership and GM situation for for moving off of what they deemed a, a very fixable, fast mistake, and then they're now going to be paying three head coaches for those that mistake. And just a note that the belief was that they hired him because Giannis wanted them to hire him, and yeah. they specifically 
he Giannis specifically did not want them to hire Nick Nurse mm-hmm. and did want them to hire Adrian Griffin. M- mistake. Yes. <laughs> big, big mistake that we are benefiting from. Thank you so much. Um, so then you get to the the Doc Rivers situation. And I, he just found out about this job. He had two days ago. no idea. He had never even thought about the Milwaukee Bucks before. He, I mean, look, he didn't get a job. This is the first year since 1999, I think, that he was not coaching an NBA team. He gets immediately his old job back from 25 years ago, calling games on ESPN. He does a terrible job being the color commentator on ESPN, national ESPN games. He says the same shit. He hasn't paid attention to the league in forever. He is making up stories and telling them and spinning them himself. He's he's going on Bill Simmons' podcast like six times a week to tell the same Rondo stories over and over again. Just Lander Harden, which is fine. There's no, there's sometimes there's no good guys in the story. (laughs) Um, And, and the Bucks immediately, it comes out, it didn't, it didn't come out prior to Adrian Griffin getting fired, but apparently they had been having him on as a consultant to the coaching staff against Griffin's wishes. This was the ownership ask or management's ask to have him on the coaching staff. And, or, or is, like consulting. Is and Doc it's so, the Jerry Colangelo He's the absolutely Bucks? the Jerry Colangelo. That's what I was going to say. Like 100%. Oh, he comes in being to be Jerry Colangelo for this organization. And Jerry, at least, had the good sense and patience to wait until after the season or, or toward, t- until April. I think he also got hired in Dece- December, which Doc did, and then kicks Hinky out. Or edges him out over the course of five months. Like for Doc to do it in a month is just incredibly fast while he's doing another job <laughs> that he's doing a bad job at. Um, very impressive. He is, and then they announce it like, hey, he's fired, and they're, and Doc Rivers at the high, high, they're high up on their coaching list. Very similar. They do not interview 70 other contestants, contestants, uh, interviewees. No Colangelo else is coming in. I have no idea. Brian Rivers. That'd be fine. (laughs) I have no idea how Doc keeps doing this. For them to give him $40 million over, was it three years? Four years? years? Yeah. Till 27. To be the head coach, it is absolutely baffling. This is going to be until, unless they fire him and whatever, like this is, this is the, this is the rest of Dame Lillard's prime. One of the top 75 players of all time is going to have his prime wasted by a guy who is just collecting a paycheck and has been for so long riding off the high of winning a championship 16 years ago with one of the best rosters of all time and then losing in so many playoffs with some of the best players of all time. He only coaches, which is, this is smart. This is a talent. Only coaches teams with top 75 players of all time. It's only, that's it. He doesn't coach, unless you have a top 75 player, Doc Rivers can be your coach. If not, don't, don't need him. That's his and kink. His kink is, it, is, host, is coaching top 75. And then blowing it for them. Yeah. And then, but like, man, the, it is so perfect for Doc to come in, in midway through the season because then he gets to say, as, as using it as his crutch, oh, well, I didn't have time to like set get get my guys in there. I didn't have time to like set the culture. And so whatever happens this year, he is 100% not going to blame on himself. He is already like throwing other people under the bus. Whatever 
whatever's happening right now, however this went down, Doc will be lying about it in a year or two. And and you can then remember, be like, wait, I remember it differently. And Doc is already on to whatever version that he's telling. And look, absolutely, if it's a Sixers-Bucks playoff series in the second round. We need it. I think that we will win that series. But if we don't, it will be the worst moment of my life. <laughs> I will. And it's, and it is truly like, I will, I'll just disappear. I won't be reachable in any, by any method of communication. I'll be gone. And so that is comforting to know that either we're going to advance mm-hmm. if that happens, or I will, won't have to talk to anyone ever again. Um, but yes, what is what a story that Doc? You know, the top three contenders in the East are 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 all of them have Doc Rivers baggage. How do they? How does he keep getting away with it? He just does. They just he's very good at convincing rich billionaires who haven't had a new thought in fifteen years that Doc should be the guy. You know, the, the number one ability ability is availability. Amen, baby. He was available. He was available. And I. I've heard Jeff Van Gundy say when he was on broadcast or who they fired, who ESPN fired to, because oh, they thought to he was going to get doc. a head coach to hire yeah. Doc, who then left two months after doing a terrible job. So I remember Jeff Van Gundy, like there is this coaches fraternity thing oh, yeah. where he, like Van Gundy would not interview for jobs if there was a coach already in place. Like that was, that was one of his things or he wouldn't, you know, he, now he was overboard. He would never blame a coach for anything ever, but it, it cannot be ignored. The snakiness of doc rivers doing this. And I agree with you. The bucks should have fired the coach. There was clearly something wrong there. However, there is no doubt, zero doubt. Uh, imagine doubt. Now imagine all the doubt is gone. That's where we are. There is no doubt that when he started consulting the Bucks, he, he was like, he had his eyes on his friend's girlfriend. It was already like, over. You know what I mean? Like, it was already there. It was, oh, he knew what he was doing. Absolutely. There is, he, he is the biggest. He's such a bad guy. Gr- grifting and backstabbing and <laughs> conniving. Like, he's so good at it. Yeah. He, it keeps working. He is unfortunately not good at coaching high level basketball. His, his number one availability, his number one ability is availability. His number two ability is being a primetime dickhead. Yeah. It is just. But at the same time, and then, and then hold on, just, and then control, and then just outright having media members outright lie Mm -hmm. about the process of how this happened. Just somebody, somebody with the knowledge of this happened, just write it so I can see it. Even though I know what happened. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. There will be. I'm sure somebody's going to write it. Um, CNN sports breaking the story and then nobody confirming it until the next day. Yeah. CNN, like... I think it was Lefko who said it on TNT. Yeah, it was of the um, and it's just like there was probably bullshit that they were like, it's not officially official. We have to make it look like we really considered other people. Yeah. Do you <laughs> know what like, it, it no. reminded me of? Do you remember when the Gordon Hayward news leaked out before the Players Tribune article came out announcing his decision? Mm-hmm. Like when when Gordon Hayward was going to the Celtics, it leaked out early. 
And all these reports came out that, oh, he hasn't actually decided yet because it ruined his Players' Tribune article. And that's what this reminded me of. It's just a, yeah. It's just, so, he's such a liar. Yeah. He's a liar. Yeah. I, we, you know, hey, good for him. Good for, good for Milwaukee. Getting their guy. <laughs> um, just really special stuff. <laughs> really special stuff. And like, he said, like, uh, didn't he say after he didn't get a job, like, I'm really excited to like, spend time with my family, family. Yep. and be around him. And it's like, that's enough. Yep. That's plenty. That is plenty. Thank you so much. It's How much is ESPN ability. paying oh, him, do you think? How much was ESPN paying him? Yes. Several million dollars. But this is, this is more money. This but is still, more money. This is definitely more money. But still, like, several million to, yeah, yeah, to really million, like phone in so much. It is amazing how... Journalism is failing on so many levels. People are getting laid off all the time. And then these color commentators and some and some play-by-play guys who just like fucking suck and don't watch basketball and don't think critically about it and are just like getting mad. Stan Van Gundy like just <laughs> throwing a tantrum at Joel Embiid on, on live air. Uh, and and they're making all, all of it. It's all going right to them, funneling to them. Good for them, uh, cornering the market and... Then uh, and then using that to get more money, uh, coaching the fucking bucks, Giannis Corn- and Giannis and Dame. Uh, Doc has cornered the market in money. You know the, the number one ability, ability is availability. The right. rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Briggs Auction, B-R-I-G-G-S Auction. Go to BriggsAuction.com or download the app in the App Store or Google Play. The CJ's Briggs Auction. Item of the week, even without CJ, he's not here. Two items. First of all, a 1940s Philadelphia Athletics autographed program with the entire team, including Connie Mack. That auction ends Friday, February 2nd. So if you're listening to this Friday, it ends today. And then also the second Briggs auction item of the week, a Charles and Ray, Ray Eames Lachaise. Now, what Stephen tells me is, I don't know anything about this. This is a fairly rare modernist chaise lounge that was created in the 40s for a MoMA competition, but was never produced until the 90s, can still be purchased new, but the but if you buy it new, it starts at $15,000. Wide, wide array of items in every Briggs auction. A special Star Trek auction on February 9th, a disco auction on February 16th, another fine estates auction February 23rd. And my favorite thing about Briggs auction is that it is fun. Helps me pass the time. You're playing Angry Birds or on TikTok. Me, I'm looking at Briggs auction. I'm looking at cool shit to buy. I'm going right to the collectible section. I'm going right to the art section. You try it out. Family owned, family operated in Delco. We love them. BriggsAuction.com, the app in the App Store or Google Play. And if you win an auction, as I have done several times now, you can either do open pickup on Saturday, do it by appointment during the week, or they will work with you on a shipper. And if you have an estate, which I hope to one day have, that you would like to auction off, which I hope to one day do, send an email to info at BriggsAuction.com. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process. Now, you touched on it for a second. I would just like to say... I, I know the fear of losing the playoff series to Doc Rivers is massive. Yeah. It would change I, us I forever. Have, I have always been scared money. Yes. Always. <laughs> yes. And, and by the way, they say scared money don't make money, but you were scared money with the Eagles and it helped you make 
a bunch of money. No, I was confident that they sucked. Oh, all right. That, <laughs> that is one fair, fair. I can I can be confident against against a team, but never confident for. For a team. Okay, that's fair. I need the Sixers to play the Bucks in the playoffs. Mm. Not only have we not seen that matchup, which I think we would always we'd like to do with Giannis mm-hmm. being one of the, the greatest players of this generation of players and Embiid also being one of the greatest players of this generation of players. I would like to see it. And I I I actually don't think it's a bad matchup for the Sixers at all as far as personnel goes. But the Doc Rivers thing adds an element that I need. Like I need the high wire act. I need to be scaling the mountain without, I need to, what's it called? Free walling or whatever. The guys that climb the mountain without the cords attached to them. Mm-hmm. That's what I need. I need a playoff series that if they lose, I will die. Yeah. That's what I need. And this is that one. I told somebody earlier that if the Sixers lost to the Bucks in this playoff series, that would be the darkest moment in the history of the podcast and, and probably of the process. But, if they were to win that series and oh get God. past the second round by beating Doc Rivers and that no bag goon who got Adrian Griffin hired uh, and then made pretend that he had nothing to do with getting him fired, beating those two people would be amazing. We would act like we won the championship and I need it. I need it. Uh, very, very scared. Would be very scared. <laughs> would high upside it's it's one of those things like i didn't i couldn't really conceive of another sixers playoff run having more stakes <laughs> but the threat good yes. writing of doc rivers sending the six sending joel and the sixers home the year after they fired him is absolutely has me quaking in my little boots absolutely <laughs> i mean i don't think he's a good coach obviously Giannis is still an incredible player yeah dame is dame has never played with anybody as good as Giannis, even though dame is a turnstile defensively like is still dame fucking lillard brooke yep. lopez is the best player in the league yep chris middleton if he's if he keeps getting healthy is you know still a, a solid you know third or fourth option there their defense isn't good but they could just outscore us if the the sixers For as sure. constructed sure. are just not like they're not unbeatable against really anybody um and they've had a great year incredible year stupid loss tonight but and, and I, I and i would be confident in the sixers team going into a playoffs especially if they pick up another guy or two in at the deadline coming up but going into doc rivers series i will <laughs> be it's one of those things it's like a put your money where your mouth is like i do think doc is an extremely mediocre coach do i think that we could still lose to him. He could still win a playoff series against the Sixers with, with the personnel he has. Sure. For sure. And so yeah. that's why the, the threat, I like, I hate the Sixers I, hate I us feel as much my, as we hate doc. Let's that, be honest. Well, I feel my loss losses hurt more than wins. Yes. For, to, then wins feel good. Yes, like 100%. I feel the losses, whether I'm playing or coaching or, or, or watching or whatever, I feel the losses more than the wins feel so great. Yeah. Um, and longer, and so much longer, much longer. Yeah, and it's more just an exhale when you don't lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the threat of this being the ultimate game <laughs> <laughs> that they might not play again next year for me because I'll yeah. be dead. Yeah, uh, is really frightening 
proposition. But best case scenario, yeah, that would that would be a good way to advance past the second oh, round for sure. It would be the best way. Before we get to the seventy point game, we did get. Uh, hold on, let me get the name actually because I feel a little embarrassed that I didn't get the name. Why you say that? It it is it is. It was very funny to see the Bucks in like layup lines before their game last night, the dancing. first game without Adrian Giffen, just like dancing, doing like Euro stepping around with each other. Like they're having, they were so happy he was gone. That's gotta suck. That's just gotta suck for like everybody. I left and everybody's dancing. Like what a nightmare. What a nightmare uh, existence. It, Not very good. You have to feel for Doc a little bit going from coaching Matisse Thibel to Tall Thibel, Giannis. Um, he will get there and realize that he has he has much of the same weapons he had in Philadelphia. Mm. So before we get to the seventy point game, I'd like to thank Liam who sent in. You know, somebody has made a request. Of course, we have the coach Mike song and we have the player Mike song, but somebody said that we needed a help defense song. And Mike, I present to you. No help! No help! No help! They got like the reason why the defense is bad lately. Stop letting guys blow by you. Stop, du- stop soft doubling. No help. No help. No help. Just such a nothing play. Send the guy in front of you. You fucking keep the guy in front of you. No help. No help. No help. Too often just like stands and watches other guys. We may as well try. No help. No help. Is it gonna work? I don't think it's gonna work. It didn't work. <laughs> That's a long one. Yeah. Pretty good. No help song. So there you go. So we were, you know, we did not. As it stands, or as it stood, we did not have a podcast the night of the Spurs, the Joel Embiid 70-point game. Before we talk about the game, Zach Lowe talked about it for a bit on his podcast and led off the conversation with a bunch of stats, not just about the game, but about Embiid offensively this year. It's about a minute, and it's very good. And I want to start off this conversation about this game with those stats. Here's the Stats Williams email. Embiid is the ninth player with 70 points ever, the first player in Sixers history, the third center joining Wilt Chamberlain, who is an anomaly, and David Robinson, who was gunning for the scoring title on the last day of the season, the first player ever, period, with 70 points, 15 rebounds, and five assists in a game, the fewest minutes played in a 70-point game. Kudos to the Spurs for keeping it close enough that Embiid had to come in the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, right now he has for the season, 1,156 points in 1,096 minutes, more points than minutes. Only Wilt Chamberlain has ever done that for a full season, more points than averaging a point a minute rather. And he did that once in 61, 62, which is the all time statistical anomaly season. It's the Oscar Robertson triple double season. It's the Wilt 50 point season, et cetera, et cetera. Joel Embiid is averaging 1.05 points per minute. That would be the most in the history of the NBA. He leads the league in made two-point jump shots. This is a seven-foot center who leads the league in made two-point jump shots. He's shooting 47% on all jumpers, twos, threes, fours, fives, sixes. Best in the NBA. Best among 49 players with at least 300-plus such attempts. That's according to Second Spectrum. Defensively, he ranks in the top five in effective field goal percentage allowed as the contesting defender. And by this is Stats Williams. And by the way, he leads the league in shots contested around the basket. Uh, that's among people who have contested 400 shots per for the season. 
He is currently averaging 36, 12, and 6. He would be the seventh player ever to average 35 points in a season. The third player ever to go 35 and 10, Wilt and Elgin Baylor. The second player to go 35, 10, and 5, Wilt Chamberlain. This is, I mean, this is craziness. It's just flat out craziness. I thought something that you had tweeted about the game, about it being a, what did you say, a a quiet 70 was yeah. accurate. It was I wrote like, about it in the, uh, in the newsletter. Uh, he, right, that's where I saw it. RightStrickySanchez.com slash newsletter. Corner three newsletter. Mike and I rotate writing. Mike wrote this week. So the, like when he had 24 after the first quarter, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can't believe he has 24 points. And that was when it became... I was like, oh, wow. If you can have a f- quiet 24-point quarter, something can really happen. It was outrageous. You watched it. Did you know it happened? You watched it on delay. Did you know it yeah. happened when you started watching it? Yeah, people were texting me. I, okay. I was working. Um, it was it was great. What a nice thing. For it to happen in front of Brett, too, was very sweet. The picture, obviously, of uh, that a bunch of people took of, of Brett with... Embiid and Korkmaz and, and Covington. Covington was yeah was really catnip fan service to us. Um, the fact that it was on Kobe's anniversary, obviously he's Joel's favorite player uh, of Kobe scoring eighty one. Doing it to Wembenyama was really cool. I thought Wembenyama played great. I think he's awesome. I think it's very fun. I like how he's like him and Chad have a very fun like physical rivalry that's going to be sick for years to come. And for Embiid to just be like. Not yet, man. Not fucking yet. Let me show you something. And just and it was it was cool to see like the crowd was so into it the whole yeah. time. Yeah. The whole time the crowd was into it. I, I really loved that. Like every time they were guarding each other, it was like a hush and like every time Wem- Wemby did something cool, everyone was like making a sound of like we've never seen anything like that. Like it's it was just a unique also the experience. booing of Daniel House booing when he took of Dan those House. two shots was amazing. What a treat that was. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, like Embiid changing his arc and his like how far back he has to lean to get the shot off over Wemby's outstretched arms uh, was still was still really cool. It was cool to see um, him being physical and get getting to the rim, bodying him. I like that. He, I mean, he only took one. He only made one three, which is wild uh, on a night. Towns had to take like thirteen or fourteen, whatever how many he took. And, um, well, and Towns lost, and Towns, and Towns got lost. Yeah, Towns losing is really good. It's really very perfect. It's a really <laughs> like, got by had his a, coach in the post game. Absolutely, score sixty two yeah. points in a loss to Charlotte at home, and get ripped by your coach. It's a really like singular Carl Towns <laughs> type of experience. Like t- Towns and Gobert being as good as they are, and as absolutely as soon as they do something bad, everyone's like, "Fuck this guy, <laughs> get him out of here!" Yeah. Every time, even even then. Uh, it's a very singular experience to both of those types of those of those players really uh, very wild and and like the rest of the team getting behind him Maxi just knowing what he's supposed to do and just like giving the ball to Joel over and over again team guy the, the it, it didn't so many games when, when guys have to score a ton of points Kobe's last game Booker um, at Towns that same night like it feels like okay, we're not playing basketball anymore. We're doing all-star game stuff to like right. get our one guy the ball. And it just didn't feel like this at all. Maybe for like a moment or two in the fourth quarter when it was like, oh the shit. The last couple of buckets. I yeah. Think. Yeah. But 
it it really really didn't feel like that he was he was getting putbacks i thought it was it was cool to see him get so many offensive rebounds and, and rebound his own miss he had nine offensive rebounds in that game that is not something that he does very often um i put it in the newsletter but he's like second all-time in for the sixers in defensive rebounding and, and down to like ninth i think in in offensive rebounding so this really was a a game where he was just very determined and, and being physical. Got to the line 23 times, hit 21, rebounded the crap out of the ball, and still passed well. Had a beautiful pass to Kelly Oubre uh, where, he, where he looked him off and then and then found him with a bounce pass, which was gorgeous. I thought he moved the ball well. Didn't feel like he was playing hero ball. It was just, this guy is so good. He is so good from the nail, from the mid-range. You can't do anything about it. If you put your hand there, he's going he's gonna to get a rip through and get to the line. He's awesome. He's incredible. The fact that he, Joel Embiid, after all the things that he has been through, and I listed them in the newsletter. You've listed them. It's one of your calling cards. It is. It really, yeah. I, I felt that. And I, yeah. I really don't go back. I write, I write it anew every time, but I really do list list all. It's it's really a, uh, if you, if, a retrospective every time. If you were performing a concert, it would be your encore. People would be like, oh, the concert's not over yet. Say it again. list everything that do a it. went through. Yeah. yeah. Talk about the sesame allergy. Go. <laughs> Anything. Um, but it's always with new words. I don't. I always write it fresh. It was really a waste of time. But uh, it is. It is magical that after all the stuff he's been through and that we've been through with him, um, that he is now the Sixers' uh, all-time leader in points in a game. Like franchise has been around a long time. <laughs> a lot of good players play for this team. Joel Embiid is leading it, and I think when all is said and done, he's going to be the best Sixer of all time. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And and the fact that he is, by the way, in even conversation for it after playing six seasons, is outrageous. Yeah. And this is his, this is his eighth. Well, he didn't play two. This is the eighth season he's played. I wrote it down in the newsletter. Why am I forgetting? Okay. I think this is his eighth. Yeah, this is his eighth playing career. He missed two seasons and then eight years of playing. The first okay. season he there played like half a season, and obviously this season is not finished yet. So he's on he's on eight. The the, the Danny wrote a, a a article on rightsrickysanchez.com about whether Embiid was in the the Sixers Mount Rushmore um, yet. And it's funny, like I'm a big Charles guy, more, more so a Charles guy than a, an Iverson guy. And it's amazing when you look at the numbers that Embiid has played for the Sixers as long as Charles has. So yeah. as great as Charles was, like, and beat is clearly above Charles. Yeah. Now, not only is he clearly better, but like as a sixer, he's had a more successful run than Charles did. And that yeah. is a fact. So as far as longevity, in over the last like fifty years, you'd probably say like Embiid, Iverson, Charles, Dr. J. Over the last fifty years. Yeah. Probably what you'd say. Yeah. The Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, now that we don't have to talk about the Eagles anymore, I am going to bring you, um, Mike, I, I do need your picks for the championship games, which are this weekend. So the AFC, the Chiefs are getting four on the road against the Ravens. Mike, who do you like? Those are the odds, of course, at DraftKings Sportsbook. Who do you like in that game? I'm I'm a little stumped by both of these games. Mm. I'm excited to watch them. I have numerous uh, bets and daily fantasy and hedges mm. going across the board. There you go. Um, I am scared of Mahomes doing Mahomes stuff, but I will say Baltimore because they're the better team. I they are the better team. 
I love the the team that that just knows how to win thing. Sure, and it's and Andy, man. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna Andy's still the, doing it. The, what's that? Andy's still doing it. He is. It's wild. And the, everybody's like, you know, the Chiefs don't have any weapons this year, and there they are in the fucking championship game again. It's unbelievable. It's insane. Uh, poor Bills. Poor poor our Bills. Our yeah. sisters. Our sister team. Yeah. Bills our, Sixers. They yep. should each have like a little like banner for each other on on each uh, like practice facility or something. So the line when I was looking at the NFC game earlier was Niners minus seven. It is up to minor, Niners minus seven and a half at DraftKings mm. Sportsbook. What is your pick there? Well, it seems like Debo's going to play, mm-hmm. um, but he's probably not going to be full health. Uh, I would probably, with that line seven and a half, I'd probably, I'd probably go Detroit to cover. I, I think the Lions are frauds, and I'm, I'm going to lay the seven and a half. With the I just don't think the Niners' defense is that good right now. They mm. haven't been playing well, mm. and if you have to make Purdy throw, as you saw last week, he is susceptible to making mistakes. He's not. He's not a top five quarterback in the league. So he's. He's. If you bring pressure, he's going to give you, give you, give the ball away. And if and if the Lions keep protecting for Goff, he's going to make the passes. They have weapons over there. So I hope it's a close game, and I would love love for the Niners to lose. Would love. I would love that as well. It would be much more fun if the Lions won. Now, of course, that is NFL. The NBA season is going right now, of course. We do this fucking podcast. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official betting partner of the NBA. If you are a new customer, use code RTRS. You bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's right. That is right. The uh, over-under for Embiid points today at DraftKings Sportsbook was thirty six and a half. What did he, did he score thirty? I think I think that's uh, yeah. Point. He got he got his thirty. There you go. There you go. He got his thirty. Download the DraftKings 31. Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code RTRS. New customers can bet five bucks on the NBA, get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code RTRS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Got to be twenty one. See show notes for details. Before we move on to Star Hunter, any. Any final things on the the seventy? Yeah, I mean it's it, it is crazy. We haven't. I don't think we've said it specifically on the podcast, but it's crazy that he has more points than minutes. Yes, like, to be the first person since Wilt and only other person to do that would be would be crazy. Having the most efficient season scoring now, season of all time. It's just it's just it's just crazy. Offense is up, but like whatever. That's that's just insane when you when you start putting you, yourself next to Wilt and above Wilt for a lot of those things. Is it's 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 unbelievable. And I know you don't care about the MVP, but don't. don't you but don't you think a little bit? No. It would be a bummer if he had a season like this. He should get the MVP. I want him to get back-to-back MVPs. Not going to care. You can't have a season like this and not get the MVP. No, you can't have a season like this and not get past the second round. Get past the second round, succeed in the playoffs. Oh. That's just I'm I don't if he got the second if he got the MVP, I wouldn't be upset. Right, 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 right. I just, I'm not going to care about it. I refuse right. to care about it. And I mm-hmm. also see that there's a there's value in him having like playing like 63 games and not winning and going like the rightful MVP or something like that. That's a, uh, that's a fun campaign. Like to do. our MVP. We yeah, do, exactly. We do a fly the process to give him a trophy. Somewhere. Yeah, that'd be fun. Something like yeah. that. I also want to shout out like Kevin Durant's reaction when oh, he yeah, is was told yeah. that Joel got 70 is so cool. Yeah. Durant is an odd guy in a bunch of ways, and I, I don't agree with all the decisions he's made in his career, whatever it is. But like, he's such a specific person and player, and I think I thought that was such a pure sick reaction. 
He's um, he's so annoying sometimes, but other times he's so normal and human. Like he reacts in ways like that. That's what I always thought about the burner thing from him. Is like, well, that seems like kind of a, a normal person thing actually. Yeah. And I thought his reaction was like incredibly genuine. Like that's yeah. what I thought looking at him. You know? Yeah. It was just like, oh my god. That's, it's just like you're happy for the guy and it's like you're respecting the level of like basketball history that that got made i mean Embiid is the ninth player ever to score 70 or more points in a game you can't see it but here's the audio i don't know if you saw Joel Embiid score 70 cat had 70 yeah joe had 70 today 50, 53. yeah, yeah 70 <laughs> and then he sits back and sort of just like yeah i don't know if you saw yeah uh, yeah I love uh, basketball. NBA is in a great place. There's so many good players, so many good teams. And Joel is, we are like living through just some of the most special basketball that has ever been played. And I would, love him. Guys, stop moving around so much. That's, that would be my message. There's so many talented players. Stop, stop all the, 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 the crazy trade demands and the, all that wild shit. Just like if you're free agent, leave, go ahead, whatever. But, I, there are so many good players. It would be nice if some of them, like, you know, if it settled down a little bit. I would well, love a lot, if that. There's part a lot that there. that have. I mean, Tatum and Brown have been with Boston the whole time. Giannis mm-hmm. been with Milwaukee the whole time. Uh, Embiid's been here. You know, I'm just going through the through the conference. Like Garland and Mobley and Allen have been with. Oh, not Allen, but I've been with the Cavs for a long time. Bam's been with the Heat. Halliburton's going to be with the Pacers for the rest of his career. You know, go to the West. Uh, all those guys have been together for a long time since Shea came over. Cat, Jokic, Murray. You just mentioned Cat. You mentioned Bam, who you slander at every. Yeah, but these guys are there. But these guys are there. Zion, been there. De'Aaron Fox, been there. Luke is going to be there forever. There's a lot of there's. It's I think you know Steph. Obviously, all the Warriors guys. Um, a lot of those Grizzlies guys were drafted and stayed. Obviously, they're having a tough year. But I think I think that you know. There are a handful of guys, whether it's like Kawhi, Harden, Westbrook, Chris Paul, like a ton of guys, you know, Kyrie, whatever, that that have changed teams a lot. Durant. Durant being one of them. But but a ton of guys have also stayed and, and have and have been been there for a long time. And I think it's I think it's good. I think the league is good. I like basketball. I do I like, like basketball. It. I do like basketball. I, I yeah. Um, whole different conversation. But um Should we talk really quickly about the 70 points, like I'll, I'll bring it up forever. This is just yeah. crazy. I hope, he, I hope he tops it again. We absolutely say, I can just do it in the playoffs. It's not like, I saw you tweet something like you can't, if you can't enjoy this and only say do it in the playoffs, then you're not, you're not a fan of body no, sports. No, but no, But to no, me, no. it's it was, like, it was, it's, it would be yeah. such a robbery for Embiid's career to happen. And this being the thing that he just, and he never did it in the playoffs and it over, he's right. just too good yes. for that to happen. And that's such a fucking, that would absolutely eat me alive. My my point, it was a quote from when I was on with Ike and Jack earlier this week. M- my point was really more, I just don't feel like hearing anymore when he does something great that it's not the playoffs. Oh, like, sure. He knows it's not the playoffs. We yeah. know it's not the playoffs. He can't play in the playoffs in January. So, so like... But that's so, but that's why that's why the... the to, to keeping him in against the Knicks... When when his when he already hurt himself, yes, and they're down by forty seven, 
and to get the thir- keep the 30 and 10 streak going absolutely enraged me because like guys if it's all about the playoffs and he's going to then sit he's had four games after that right yeah and he play and he stayed in as, like way too long then it was like very frustrating to me because let's be clear right about this that if the mvp doesn't matter then these little regular season stuff doesn't matter it's all about the playoffs because we need him to be there for it and so don't get fucking frisky because he has a weird record that we want to keep up he has to be healthy for the playoffs or another i i I won't survive this i won't i won't survive it i think my my thing though is that is not just about the playoffs. Like, it's about all of it. <laughs> Most of what we watch is not the playoffs. And uh, again, I roasted him just like you. And and again, we all know he needs a, as much as he needs to win in the playoffs, I think even more important for his legacy is he needs a signature run in the playoffs. Is yeah, what he exactly. needs. With. Because there's plenty of players from Charles to Stockton to... Like there are plenty of players who have not won championships and who are remembered as being great players, but they all had runs. No one as good as Embiid has has ever not gotten past the second round. Right. Yes, he needs a run. He just needs a run. Even like the you know the late run. You know Dirk didn't win a title till he's thirty something, or even Wilt didn't win a title till he was thirty something. But like, uh, you know, did I just say Dirk and all that kind of stuff? But you still need. I, you're right. You need to get past the second round. Charles but, had the fucking Phoenix time, and you just like, you need that year. The last, the composite of the last five, four years, let's say four years, since post COVID, his averages are 31, 31 and a half, 11 and four, over a steal, a block and a half, on 52.5% shooting, 11.5 free throws a game at 85%. And 36% from three on three and a half attempts per game. That's in four years, not including tonight. In the playoffs, all those things. In the playoffs, he's 24 points a game on 46% shooting and 28% in the line. And way more turnovers. 28% from three. 28% from three. And fewer free throws, obviously, which happens to everybody. But like, it just can't. It's so. It's such a steep drop. And a lot of that has been injuries. Every year, there's there was something. The only year that there wasn't an injury was the bubble year when Ben when Ben was out the whole playoffs and they got swept by Boston. Every year there has been some, whether it's the knee last year or the elbow from Siakam or the he had the duties against Toronto and his plus minus was still super high even though he wasn't playing well. Like he just really, really, really needs to be healthy and needs the run. That doesn't mean that none of the stuff he's doing now matters at all or that I can't enjoy it. I obviously have and do but it's just like it's been long enough it's been six seasons of him failing in the six post seasons of him failing and it's just like he's too good for that to be the book on him it just yep. can't be it can't be he's, he's overcome so much and we've overcome so much so i need it for him and for us yes we both need it uh, joel if you don't want to do it for yourself if you don't care that much for yourself do it for us Let's do a we little star hunting. Star hunter. We should talk about the the oh. Rozier trade. That's how you win a Oh yes. Star hunting. Star hunting. Star hunting. Star hunt. Star hunt. Star hunt. Star star hunting. We'll start with that. The Terry Rozier trade. He 
He's a great player, or great against the Sixers. I like him, though. He's a like an interesting player. He's a player who's not afraid to take big shots in the playoffs. He's little, but he not does... Not afraid def- to take bad shots in the playoffs, either. Yes, but sometimes you need to. He's small, but does defend well, or defends aggressively. And But he wouldn't have been right for the Sixers, no. I don't think, at all. So what did you think of that trade in general? You know, I thought it was interesting. Like, Miami... Like, I think he will take some pressure off of because because heroes had a nice season and they need his level of creation because jimmy really does a good job of like mm, sort of doling out times when he's going to use go full effort Mm -hmm. in the regular season so that he can be like peak himself in the playoffs and him and bam are good hubs but they're not volume shooters from really anywhere and so it's a lot of hero and it's a lot of robinson and it's just tough to play those guys at the same time against really good really good teams and so rogier's at least can he give you some of what hero gives you as far as shooting and some self-creation and better defense and so for a first round pick i thought it was interesting that they moved lowry lowry obviously hasn't been very good um but as like a culture guy and just like a defense guy and a open catch and shoot guy uh, it's interesting, and so that that definitely removes. It's not that they can't make another move; they could trade Hero as far as salaries go. Um, there's stuff that they could still do, but there there's not that many teams that are because there's already been the the Knicks already made a big move, the Pacers already made a big move. Now Heat. I don't think there's much for Boston to trade. So as far as the East goes. The Sixers are kind of the only team. Maybe Cleveland does something. But I think the Sixers are... Not to say they're not going to make other tiny moves, but I think if, as far as bigger splashes, I think the Sixers are are going to be the, the main uh, entree there. Yeah, the, and as far as Lowry goes, if he were to get bought out, I, I guess I wouldn't mind having him on the roster above the bottom three guys on the roster, but I'd... I'd be more confident in Patrick Beverly than I would in Kyle Lowry at this point. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Be- Beverly tonight was bad. Um, I think Indiana, whose defense I did, it was good tonight. They played good defense. They really made it hard. They mucked the Sixers up a lot. It was pretty wild, wild um, for one of the, no, not a good defense. Beverly was, they kind of dared him to shoot a bunch and he was hesitating. And... He was over three from deep, one for six overall. He's made some nice plays. I, I like his physicality going to the rim at his size and he, his weird floaters and stuff. And he's been fine, but you know, body could be breaking down. I, I really could use a, a better catch and shoot guy there. And so having Lowry, like if especially if there's, I've been on record as saying like I don't, I don't think that they should trade Tobias for the upgrades that are available. They're not upgradey enough for me, and so I'd rather it be the. Morris, Covington especially. Obviously, I love Covington, but if Nick doesn't trust him and Korkmaz and House, those kinds of things, then you go like, oh, that's a lot of our depth. And then you can bring Kyle Lowry in and he's an option and sort of fortify that depth and, and come in and stuff. But I don't know if he might want a bigger role at, that, at this stage of his career to say like you're going to fight for backup point guard minutes with, with Pat Bev. Yeah, um, yeah it's probably that, not what he's looking for. I don't for. know that he wants to do it. But you know, obviously, he's from Philadelphia. We'll be very cool to have him. Give him the key to the um, city. We'll be cool to have him back with Nick Nurse. Give, give him Marcus Morris's key to the city once you trade him. Uh, I would say after after like 
we do like a four for two type trade, I would be very happy with Lowry on a buyout if he wanted to be here. The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Got a, a bunch of brand new process pups in the uh, email that we put on the Instagram. How does your dog become a process pup? Well, first, you got to go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. What you're going to see there is the Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Bed, the only dog bed engineered by experts to keep your dog healthier. Now, if you go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, you also get the process pup patches, which you can put on the bed. You can put wherever you want, actually. I have one on my desk here that I do the pod from. Tanner designed that for us. But anyway, so what you're going to find there, the reason you go to that link is so you get those patches. But also what you're going to get is, is a bed that's going to keep your dog healthier. How is that possible? Well, how it's possible is that most dog beds are not beds. They're not real mattresses. Big Barker is. What's the difference? Imagine if you just slept on a pillow every night. It might be nice falling asleep, but then you wake up, your back would hurt, be creaky. It did it over and over and over again. Your joints would be, would be a mess. And that's what happens to dogs. That's why you need a real bed. And that's what Big Barker is. It's been proven. They did a study at PennVet. Improvement in joint function, reduction in pain severity, reduction in joint stiffness. All of that happens when your dog sleeps on a big barker. And I say big barker, but that's just the name. There's the Barker Jr. for your little tiny dog up to the giant extra large big barker. Different colors, looks great in whatever room you put it in. Different sort of like configurations. You want the headrest, you don't want the headrest. So proud to have Big Barker as a partner of the Ricky. 10-year warranty, the foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. One year at home trial. If you don't like it, if your dog doesn't like it, they'll give you a full refund and they'll even pay for shipping. Handmade in the US of A. Big Barker dog beds. <laughs> Now, you did mention Tobias. We'll get back to star hunting in a second, but this came from PJ to write Sanchez at gmail.com. Mike, are you okay? On the last pod, you were extremely adamant that the Sixers need to keep Tobias for the playoffs, even if we could trade him for Mikal Bridges. Tobias Harris, the guy who you once theorized got COVID and it permanently fried his brain? <laughs> Not permanently. <laughs> I think that's actually been under-discussed how much he has disappeared in key moments for us in the playoffs. He not scored a, definitely, single, not, definitely not under-discussed. <laughs> definitely not under-discussed. He scored in single digits three times during the Celtics series. Why do you think this year will be any different? If anything, we should capitalize on his value as an expiring contract. Maybe a team wants his bird rights and will trade us an asset. We did. We have gotten a few emails and voicemails about your defense of your, your keeping Tobias. Is it's just any? that he's better than like Marcus Morris and Dan House and Corkmaz and stuff. And yeah. so I yeah. think that and he has had good stretches of this season where he's been really, really helpful. And I do think that like you just need better players to to do stuff. And <laughs> if the Sixers playoff run is going to happen, um it's not I think I just think that the the upgrade, even if Tobias is like a B minus. The upgrade from Tobias to any of those available guys, like, it's just not that much for me. It's just not that much. And so I'd much rather trade some of the, obviously they don't have depth right now because everyone's injured and hurt and stuff and, and, and sick. I'd rather trade those other contracts and get him out of there and then Tobias can just expire. I don't think anyone's, like, the thing about Tobias, I was texting with MOC about this. The thing about Tobias is, like, if you're if other people are trading for Tobias, it doesn't matter that he's Tobias Harris. He could be, like, Sixers Adam at at the, at his price range, and it's just like they're just trading him for the contract. Oh, there is not a oh he's also pretty good, and we I, I don't think there's any bird rights for Tobias that people are going to be dying for. He's not going to get a, a 
big max that they're going to like, we can pay him more than anybody else can. Like that's not going to happen. So I don't think that that's going to happen. And if we're just, if we're just talking contracts, I would much rather trade, like compile those other contracts that are just kind of going to sit there in the playoffs than, than have one imperfect, but occasionally very helpful to bias uh, on the team. And obviously he's been, he's hasn't been good enough in the playoffs, but like it's everybody. <laughs> it's, it's not just him. A couple of other notes. One, it looks like, you know, the asking price that they're talking about for DeJounte Murray is two firsts and a player. Uh, I don't think the Sixers I, are trading two firsts for DeJounte Murray. Yeah, I, I want it. Look, I, the idea of what I think DeJounte Murray should be is so much better than what he is. Like, he is, there's, yeah. He's pulling up from mid-range too often. He doesn't get all the other rim. He, he had Steph Curry on him last night. And Steph was bodying him enough where, where he had to pull up from mid-range. And it's like, yeah, he he can hit those shots. He's not a bad mid-range jump shooter off off the dribble. like, And that's valuable. But I would like my guy who is going to be the third option on this team behind Maxine Embiid to to really be able to like impose his will more yeah. and get all the way there or be like a really dynamic shooter. And I just I just don't trust it. I don't trust it in in big moments. He's not He's not the guy that I would that I would trust there really on either end. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just, those other options that are a little more, a little more role player, a little more like know your situation. I feel like whether it's Bogdan or Bruce Brown or Dorian Finney-Smith or, you know, Anthony Simons to me, I know that people haven't, not everybody liked that idea, but I think he's just like a much more dynamic player um, and more willing to accept the role that the Sixers would have him on. I think DeJounte just kind of hasn't, he has like an inflated sense of himself on the court. Yep. And I, I don't think that he's worth the price. He wouldn't be the missing piece for me. No, I'm, I'm, I, I've said that uh, the same as much a bunch of times. I'm with you too. Uh, it'll take Mike Scotto says for Malcolm Brogdon, a lot of executives around the league think it would take at least a first round pick to get him from Portland. I have no desire for Malcolm Brogdon. Nah. And then it seems like, you know, uh, Kirk who, uh, runs Mavs Moneyball, seems to hate Grant Williams. It seems like Mavs fans seem to hate Grant Williams. Would you have any desire to trade for Grant Williams? Uh, yeah, I, I like Grant Williams quite a bit. Um, I think he'd be very helpful. Not the solution as far as his offensive, like this team needing another option offensively. I'd probably rather have him like next year trading for him this off season as like another role player, like to take the Tobias role or something, not that, not the role defensively, but take Tobias spot and have more shooting around him. Cause I think he's a really, and he's turned himself into a solid shooter. Um, I, I, I just really like his connectivity and defense and smart play and like effort level. Um, this any other, I'm not missing any other star hunter stuff, right? That's we gave our list last week. It's coming two weeks. We're two weeks away, you know. Yeah, I mean, like the 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 list of I'm not a, I'm not interested in Brogdon. Smart is still out. Yeah, Boyan I think would be fine. Maybe you can wring the last fountain of youth from him. But I do I think that they're going to get one of the guys who is signed to an undervalued contract with more years left on it, so that if it doesn't work, they could trade him, and that that contract would have value on the market, and. uh and they could still potentially sign somebody else. So I'm looking at like, as I've said, you know, Bogdan, Bruce, Markkinen, but I don't think I don't think they're going to move him. Mikhail, obviously, 
who is upset about Brooklyn not having more fans. Spike, did you see that? I saw. I saw. So the wheels are the wheels are turning. Um, Dejounte would fit under that. Bogdan would fit under that. Simons would fit under that. Uh, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Alex Crusoe, Kevin Herter, maybe. Those are the those are the things. So I think you get me two of those that fit right, that fit well, and you consolidate, and you have nine. Then I'd feel I'd feel good about running out a, a top nine of those guys. What do you think of this? 833 Lickface. We got this voicemail. Hey, Spike, Mike, and actually most specifically, Daryl. So as a listener who thinks that the guys should get the chance to ring the bell, I'd like to say that I and I can at least count on two other listeners will get Liberty Bell tattoos if you let Spike and Mike ring the bell. So you can invite us out, all of us who've got our tattoos to Spike and Mike, or we can just have them in our hearts. But either way, we'll get the ink if they get to ring the bell. Hmm. All right, thanks. What do you think of that? Now, it has been, you know, I we keep posting on the Twitter the day update. I think it's been 3,582 days of we, our existence. We keep posting on the Twitter. <laughs> we. As a group. <laughs> it's been 3,582 days. We still have not rung the bell. Now, this gentleman is committing to a Liberty Bell tattoo, also to his two friends. What are your thoughts? Do you think that will get Daryl and the Sixers organization to allow us to ring the bell? I don't know. Yeah. If it's not going to happen now, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Yeah. Do- could- uh, Doc's gone. Yeah. And what if we die? Like, what if we, you know... I would. <laughs> I mean, I like, I mean, if the, the let's say the Sixers lose to Doc Rivers in the playoffs and we die and we never get to ring the bell. Yeah, I would have my funeral at a bell ringing ceremony and it rings for my death. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, a little longer of an email, but I, I say it to get to the very end. This came from Rabbi Josh. He says, Dear Spike Mike and the crew, it only took a 70-point performance from Joel Embiid as well as Doc Rivers shamelessly consulting his way into a coaching gig, effectively sabotaging one of the Sixers' principal postseason threats to get me to write in, but here we are. First, as a fellow clergy member, I wanted to congratulate you on the successful launch of your new religion. I don't know if you thought of filing for 501c3 status, but you have everything you need. Doctrine, clergy, prophets, messiah. You even have a process for excommunicating members of the church who fail to adhere to the doctrine, i.e. banning them from the pod. Second, as a fan of the the show, I wanted to thank you for keeping my daily commute somewhat sane. I'm not sure most of us can even recall, but eight or nine years ago, when one of Mike's friends turned me onto the pod, sports media was an absolute mess, filled with bros regurgitating the same decades-old worn-out platitudes at every turn. Now podcasters quote VORP and shooting efficiency at the drop of a hat, while half the NBA franchises and several other professional sports teams have basically copied Sam Hinkie's strategy for escaping mediocrity. Last but not least, and here we go. I remember hearing questions about this on the pod. So as someone who has played basketball with Mike on a few occasions, I can attest that he is really quite good. Whoa. Who is this? I play like this. I don't play like that. I play. I'm pretty intense. Mike playing basketball. Mike playing basketball. I'm in my prime. Honestly, sign me. Who is this? Rabbi Josh. Oh, yeah, Rabbi Josh. Oh, you do? You know Rabbi Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Lovely man. Good rebounder. 
Oh, really? Strong, strong inside. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Um, and this is the last one. I thought it would, it would really touch your heart. Eight three three lickface. Mike, Mike, CJ. This is Dylan calling from Brooklyn. I'm watching the San Antonio game. I'm about halfway through. Question for you guys: What is it going to take for Nick Nurse to give Maxi a night off? I've been watching the games for the last couple of weeks, and he just looks tired out there. He's averaging 38 minutes in January. He's played 40 minutes in five games already. He just looks tired. It looks like he's conserving energy. He's leaving three short. Even looks like he's lost a little bit of weight. I'm worried about his longevity for the playoffs. Can Nick Nurse just give this guy a night off? Non-basketball question. What is the most apathetic uh, – what team has the most apathetic sports fans? I live in Brooklyn. The Nets fans are absolutely terrible. They just don't care. Love the show. Go Sixers. I don't think he's going to. I don't think that's in Nick's no. uh, nature. And I don't think it's in Tyrese's nature. Yeah. Um, but he was one for eight from deep tonight. Um, I think he's just working through the long season of being the number one option. Would it be bad if he like, I don't know, had like a bone bruise on his hip or something? I don't know, something? Dildo hip? <laughs> Let him have a little time or like a, I don't want to mess up anything with his shooting hand or anything. You want, you want me what, to give what, Tyrese what, what my dildo? Him? Uh, yeah, putting his hip. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a chest bruise or something like that. So he could be fine. Like some, I don't want to be that sick. That's um, you know, give him. A, I would, I would be fine with him having a week off. Is what I'm saying. But I don't think it's gonna, it's gonna happen. No, I don't think so either. So big game coming up. Sixers playing in Denver, right on Saturday. Is that the? Uh, I believe that is our next game. Denver Saturday. Trip. We'll be back on Sunday. Today is as for whatever reason we only do this year. My sister's birthday. Oh. Happy birthday, Melanie. Happy birthday, Very Melanie. Exciting. Um Yeah. Well, they're 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 gonna be fine. This was a this was a, a letdown game after they won a bunch in a row. They had one um, six in a row. By the way, just to it could happen again. Embiid tweaked his knee and yep. now they're going to Denver. Yep. Yep. So we could have that to deal with again. Yeah, I mean, he stayed in the game. It wasn't pleasant. He looked a little slow, especially on defense the rest of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... I have notes that I could read about the game, but I hate I hate him be playing stretch fives. I hate it because he just doesn't give a shit. Well, He's but I also... He's never going to respect them. Uh, we have to end because I have to go to sleep, but he, he has maybe... Every time he faces Miles, uh, Miles Turner, he like fouls him out. But it seemed like he really has fallen in love with that the rock dribble into the 15-footer. And mm-hmm. we kind of skipped the point where we got two fouls on Miles Turner in the first 90 seconds. Yeah. And I, I kind of wanted that. And also... Turner did a good job keeping his hands to himself and, and stripped and beat a couple times. Joel still hit like a, a crazy amount of mid-range from the nail uh, over his head. Officially back out on uh, Kelly Oubre, by the way. I'm done. Yeah, he was tough. It was tough defensively. I thought everybody played bad defensively. You can He's play been the tough fucking... for a couple of weeks since he came back from his car thing. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not worried. It wasn't a good it wasn't a good game, but I'm still not worried. I I think in the in the playoffs, if he's playing badly, you play him for six minutes. If he plays well, then you can play him over other guys. You can play him over Melton in the closing lineup, depending on who they get. Still, so I I would still say 
he's helpful and not um, so it's you know necessarily dependent which is fine which is fine for those those bench guys i would love to get him back to the role of everybody's healthy melton's back and Ubre can slide into being like their seventh most important player okay but like hold the defense as a whole just like wasn't keeping guys in front dude i hate it keep guys in front of you oh, hell, hell. They got like the reason why the defense is bad lately. Stop letting guys blow by you. Stop, mm-hmm. stop soft doubling. No help. No help. No help. Just such a nothing play. Send the guy in front of you. You fucking keep the guy in front of you. No help. No help. No help. Too often just like stands and watches other guys. We may as well try. No help. No help. Is it gonna work? I don't think it's gonna work. It didn't work. I need a shorter version of it so that it can be it can be a quicker. Even just the no help with the yeah whatever effect that is. I'll edit one, but if if uh, if Liam wants to send us one, uh, we'll do that. But I'll edit one. All right, that's nice. We will uh, we'll talk to you Sunday morning, and um, and that's it. Uh, Are you down with T T P? Ricky Council looked pretty good. Yeah, (laughs) you know, Lake Face. Uh.